It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to In the Know with Dr. O, and today's episode focuses on convalescent plasma. If you have recovered from COVID-19 and you've been symptom-free for at least 14 days, we encourage you to go online and register to make a convalescent plasma donation, and you can do that at hawksworth.org backslash COVID-19. So I was looking at the figures this morning, Dr. O, and it looks like Hawksworth since April, has distributed over 2,622 units of convalescent plasma, and we've collected just over 3,052 units from prospective donors. Can you give us an idea of current usage? Where are we at with our usage in in this area, especially as the diagnosis of COVID-19 is creeping up? Today is uh, early December, So we are experiencing a third spike, and not just here locally, but nationally. There have been more COVID-19 infections recently than there ever have been uh, previously uh, in the pandemic. So initially, when we started collecting in April, uh, we were just distributing a few units per day to the hospitals. Um, That reached kind of an early baseline in September, where we were distributing about eight units per day to our hospitals. Over the past few weeks, we had multiple days where we were distributing over 60 units to the hospitals per day. So as a result of that, we asked our hospitals to start transfusing one unit of convalescent plasma per patient uh, rather than oftentimes they would give two units and so to make sure that our, our supply lasted longer. This is consistent with the way that convalescent plasma is transfused throughout the country. So it's either one or two units per patient, typically per course. Um, so I think that was very reasonable. And so recently we have uh, had, I would say, a a 400% increase in terms of the amount of convalescent plasma that's been distributed. And and it keeps going up as um, more and more people become infected with COVID-19. I've seen many different graphs shared through the media about what the anticipated growth is for COVID-19 positive cases. And it looks like that's going to continue through January. Are you seeing the same thing? Do you think we're going to need to continue to have more and more convalescent platelet donors? I'm sorry, convalescent plasma donors. You know, there aren't a ton of different medications that physicians have in their armament against COVID-19 infection. So we've been very happy that um, we've been able to help with convalescent plasma. As you mentioned earlier, in August of this year, uh, convalescent plasma received an EUA uh, status, which is an emergency use authorization so that it was found over tens of thousands of transfusions um, throughout the pandemic to that point that the safety profile was really good for this. So there was v- very little risk for people to receive convalescent plasma. 
efficacy was reasonable to expect as well. So it makes sense as a model that antibodies would help in terms of neutralizing virus and, and help with course. And there have been many, many anecdotal reports of uh, really rapid improvement after convalescent plasma. So with the likely efficacy of the product, as well as a very high safety level, uh, it became one of those drugs that uh, clinicians could start ordering uh, without having to have their patients participate in an FDA-approved uh, trial because they had established um, and gained so much experience with uh, the use through the EAP study and other mechanisms. That's great that the product is much more widely available now for patients in need. You mentioned that the current protocol is to administer one unit of the convalescent plasma per patient. Is it recommended that that be done earlier in their illness, or do they do that when they're more critically ill? I think most of us believe that when a patient receives convalescent plasma earlier in their course, it's more beneficial. So we definitely don't want to give convalescent plasma if somebody is very mild in terms of symptoms and, and likely won't require hospitalization or, you know, a, a more intensive treatment, which many people have a fairly mild symptoms where I think it probably works best and has most efficacy is early in hospitalization as a person becomes closer to having to require ventilation or to be put on a, a ventilator. If we can give convalescent plasma in that time period, I think that there are probably cases where the patient does not go on to become ventilator dependent, which I think is a bad uh, sign for them, a uh, marker for them as they go forward. So if we use it judiciously, uh, and I've heard, um, you know, many reports of, of this being the way that it's been used and, and with good results. So it's probably early in hospitalization before the person gets on a ventilator. For listeners out there, if you have a positive diagnosis of COVID-19 and you have recovered and you have been symptom-free for at least 14 days, we do encourage you to go online and register to be a convalescent plasma donor. You can do that at hawksworth.org backslash COVID-19. With Hawksworth, we're always talking about how we need donors. We need to have blood on the shelf before the need arises. And that's also very true with convalescent plasma. So we can't let people say, oh, well, I'll donate when someone in my family needs convalescent plasma. Can you explain the rationale for having the product on the shelf before it's needed? It seems fairly simple to just collect plasma and then have it available, but we do have to do uh, a lot of uh, preparation for the products as well as testing that's performed on every single donation that occurs. We don't recommend a directed donation of convalescent plasma at this time. The safety of convalescent plasma it has been shown uh, through tens of thousands of, of transfusions to this point, so we would not really want people to to try to direct their plasma. It, it ends up adding a lot of complication to the process that really is not necessary. And you also have to be able to match up those blood types, correct? That's correct. You may have heard for red cells that O is the universal donor. For plasma, AB is actually the universal donor. And there's only about 4% of the population is blood type AB. I think in desperate times when AB is not available, a clinician may make the decision to use A plasma, but it's a, it's usually something we try to avoid as much as possible. So if we, especially when we get AB donors to donate their plasma, that's usually the most, uh, the most efficient. 
And recently, it's been hard to turn on the news without hearing about COVID-19, convalescent plasma, different treatments that are being used to treat those with the COVID-19 virus. Is the convalescent plasma therapy similar to what President Trump received during his stay in the hospital? Yeah, my understanding is that President Trump did receive some antibodies treatments uh, that were developed and and available for him in limited uh, amounts. So other people have not been easily able to get those therapies uh, that he was. But the mechanism is generally the same with plasma and and some of the treatments that he received in that the antibody should neutralize the COVID-19 virus and so uh, work in a similar manner. When we've talked before about this type of therapy, you explained to me that it's a concept called passive immunity. And can you explain how that works and how the infected person then develops antibodies? Typically for a person, let's say, who has never been exposed to COVID-19, let's say somebody gets infected uh, with it after an exposure. So that person would develop antibodies as part of their immune response. And that's the way our body tends to deal with microorganisms that we encounter. Uh, and so um, you you actively develop antibodies to fight off this infection. It's actually the same thing after getting a vaccination. Uh, and the reason we get vaccinated is so that we form antibodies against um, the virus or the, uh, that we're or bacteria that we're concerned about. So that is a natural active immune response. If you take plasma from somebody who has actually developed those antibodies and give them to somebody who has not previously been exposed uh, to the virus or bacteria that you're worried about, you give those antibodies uh, to that recipient in a passive manner because it's just transfused. So your body actually hasn't developed those antibodies on their own, but those antibodies are present in the plasma that's transfused and that can help to neutralize uh, the virus until your own body then is able to mount a response and then you become actively immunized as well after exposure to the virus itself. One of our goals of the In the Know with Dr. O podcast series is to let our listeners know about transfusion medicine convalescent plasma, blood donation, and how it will impact them as the listener. Right now, we're hearing a lot about social distancing, especially with this third spike in COVID-19. Is it safe to come in and donate right now? That's a great question. Um, You know, early in the pandemic uh, in the state of Ohio, uh, I know that there were a lot of travel restrictions that were placed and at that time, uh, we made a point and, and um, the governor supported this to, to make a distinction about blood donation in that um, we still do require and need people to come out and donate blood as kind of a medical necessity. So um, we take precautions at our uh, collection sites. Uh, we social distance as much as possible. Of course, you can't keep six six feet away and uh, and be able to uh, collect blood from somebody. But we have all of our staff and and people who come into those facilities wear masks uh, at all time, and we try to keep exposures you know as as uh, as as low as possible. So uh, we do encourage people to come out uh, during this time period. I can't say it's you know absolutely you know the safest thing you can do that the safest thing people can do is just stay home and not leave their house but it is reasonable for people to come out with a specific intent to donate blood to help others it is a medical necessity for us and it is something that I think we are still encouraging people to do we encourage people to 
make wise decisions in their daily business, we have to go to the grocery store. We have to go to work. We have to go to the gas station. And just doing social distancing, we can still accomplish those tasks. And it's the same with blood donation. It is a medical necessity. And as long as you're practicing good hygiene and social distancing, then coming to donate blood and or convalescent plasma should be safe for you. Yeah, you know, Alicia, even with the pandemic going on right now and all the the precautions that we're taking, surgeries are still happening and people still need blood. Uh, people have cancer. They they go on chemotherapy. There is still the need for other blood products like red cells, platelets, and plasma that's not convalescent plasma for patients who are, who are having uh, the blood, blood requirements. Blood Transfusion is actually the number one procedure that's performed in hospitals. So this is continued at a rate pre-COVID-19. And so in addition to having to collect all the complex plasma that we are and having to social distance and having less uh, ability to collect on mobiles because we're social distancing, uh, we still have the same blood needs from the hospitals as before. So um, it's very challenging for us in this time to provide not only the complex plasma, but also the other blood products that people need. Is there anything that would prevent somebody from donating convalescent plasma other than our typical guidelines for travel and medication and lifestyle? That's a great question. So if somebody qualifies with all the questions that we ask, uh, we actually do a lot of testing uh, as after the donation as well. So one of the things that we do do is we test for a lot of infectious disease markers. Occasionally a donor will have a positive infectious disease marker. That actually does not mean that they have uh, the infectious disease that we're testing for. We use very sensitive tests. Unfortunately, sometimes we have donors who, who are not actually infected who, who have what we call false positives to that process. And then we notify them that unfortunately they're unable to donate blood going forward. Uh, sometimes we will recommend they see their physicians if um, the results are, are worrisome. But many of these tests, unfortunately, we know are very, very sensitive and will sometimes have people that test falsely positive. Right now, we're actually having a lot of uh, false positive syphilis tests uh, nationwide, which it sounds really scary. But all these tests are, are required to be performed uh, as a process in in releasing blood for transfusion. And we want to be as safe as possible so that there are no transfusion transmitted missions as, as much as possible through, uh, through blood transfusion. Uh, and so, um, actually people who are having false positives for syphilis testing, uh, we encourage to come back in eight, eight weeks and we actually send them a letter. Part of the testing process is also to prevent a uh, rare transfusion reaction called trolley, which is actually a pulmonary reaction where the recipient will have trouble breathing after uh, transfusion of some uh, blood products, especially those that contain a lot of plasma. These reactions are very rare, but they have been associated with uh, donors who have actually been pregnant. And uh, actually, donors who have actually been pregnant multiple times are at higher association with recipients who receive plasma from them. So we've started uh, screening blood donors for antibodies uh, to what we call HLA. And these are not a problem for, for them at all in terms of life and, and clinical significance for the donor themselves. But because of this association with this rare uh, transfusion reaction, we have not been using 
blood or plasma or platelets that has been collected from donors who have these antibodies. That can be quite a high percentage of women donors who have had pregnancies, especially if they've had multiple children. Uh, and so up to even 20 to 30 percent of, of women who have had three or more um, children. So it's not Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for somebody to come out, try to donate blood with us, and especially plasma or or platelets, and then be told, oh, unfortunately, you can't continue to donate those products in the future. And just because you can't donate one product, that doesn't mean that you can't donate at all, correct? That's correct. So uh, if we detect these antibodies, and, and so essentially we ask a question on our questionnaire, if you've ever been pregnant, and if they answer that yes, then we will perform an additional test. If For people who have never been pregnant or who are males, um, they typically do not have these antibodies, so they are not actually screened for this. We would actually ask those donors who have an anti-HLA antibodies to donate uh, red cells uh, for us uh, and, and whole blood. So those red cells can be used uh, without um, significant increase in risk for recipients. Patients in the hospital don't get a holiday from illness. There's still cancer, there's still surgeries, there's still traumas, and people still need those blood and platelet transfusions. So it's important that we continue to have people come in and donate blood. If you're interested in donating blood, you can call Hawksworth at 513-451-0910 or visit hawksworth.org to schedule your blood or platelet donation. Again, if you have recovered from COVID-19 and you're interested in making a convalescent plasma donation, you do need to pre-register online and you do that at hawksworth.org backslash COVID-19. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.